Welcome to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, the Director of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bible Teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. Church Partnership Evangelism is committed to making disciple-making disciples and planting church-planting churches, and God is granting fruit to our labors. If you're interested in learning how our ministry might impact the life of your church or how you might join us in our work abroad, go to traincpe.org to learn more. If you wish to learn more about our missions fellowship in Boise, the Bread of Life, go to breadoflifeboise.org. In Romans chapter 4, verses 9 through 17, Paul, the missionary, is promoting a salvation that is by faith alone. He demonstrates that such a faith is in accord with the scriptures and that such a faith opens up the promise of salvation and of rebirth to all the nations of the earth. The Jews had put additions to their faith additions that subtracted the gospel from the nations, and Paul must address this. The nation of Israel wasn't, in a sense, a distinct people who alone were to receive the benefits and blessings of God. They were to be a case study of the blessings of God. They were to turn to God and trust in God and believe in God, and God would bring his salvation to them, and God would complete all of his promises to them and, and he will one day and he will fulfill all those things but them not alone with them all the other nations that learn from the example and expression of God's faithfulness through them and God's salvation to Israel they understand look if God can save those people those stubborn people those rebellious and sinful people those people who turn again and again from the promises and blessing of God to seek after other gods, if God could throughout the history of the world pursue them to the end that he will bring them to himself, how much more will he bring all these other nations that lie in the darkness and fulfill a promise to them and give them blessings in like kind as he's given them. So when God says, I'll bless you and I'll bless the people, the nation of Israel through you, and then he says, and through you I'll bless all the nations of the earth, the blessings are the same kinds of blessings. They exemplify the relentless pursuit of God to bring him to himself, but they also demonstrate what's in God's heart. He has that same relentless pursuit for the nations. That's what Paul's argument is. God is pursuing these nations, and we are called to pursue them as well. Now, this is what I want to do this morning. I want to go back to those attitudes that the Jew had that he added to faith that actually countered faith and created an environment in which the very message they were entrusted with, this message of righteousness through faith in a God who gives his promise, and a blessing that would not only be to them, to all the nations, and actually cause them to constrain that promise and constrain that blessing and limit themselves from sending that blessing out to the nations. And I want to look at these three things. We might not be able to understand or put ourselves particularly in the mind of the Jew, but we need to understand what was going on in his mind. And then at the end, I think we can make a bit of an application to ourselves. So the first matter I want to look at, we're in verse 17 of Romans chapter 4. And then I, I kind of want to work our way from there back up. That's what I've been talking about here is basically what God has done for Abraham. Bringing Abraham to look into the stars and bringing Abraham to see the promise that he's giving him to bless him, to bring a nation up through him and through him actually bring up a multitude of nations through his faith. I want you to see that Paul is saying this Abraham that you think excludes you and makes you exclusive from all other people is really, and this moment is the moment in which God was opening up a way for all the nations. And now Paul is going to counter their attitudes. And the first attitude they had was this idea that they had an assurance of salvation 
not as a matter of faith, not as a matter of a faith that they can share to others, but as a matter of natural birth alone. As I said before, this is kind of a founder's mentality that was developing in the Jewish mindset. The idea that we come from Abraham. We are the children of Abraham. The idea that we descend from those people who are of the law. And so if you read this passage, you'll see that over and over again, Paul refers to those who declare or think of themselves as of the law. And there's two different ways in which that's true, that they thought themselves as of the law. But one of them was they were the people of the law, or they were the adherence to the law, or they were the ones who came from those from which the law was given. And in their minds, they're thinking back to that place where at the base of Mount Sinai, there were the people of Israel, and they received the Ten Commandments that God gave through Moses. They were the people of the law. Curiously, they don't consider what the people were doing when Moses came down from Mount Sinai. And what he discovered the people doing, they just think now somehow they're sanctified, and they're right with God because he gave the law to them. And so it's this idea of the special relationship that they have. And Paul answers this idea that they have a favored position in Romans chapter 4, verse 16. There it says, therefore, it is of faith, not of the law, of faith, that it might be according to grace, something that is freely given to all people, not on the basis of this, so that the promise might be to all the seed. All the seed are all those who can identify as being from the seed of faith that Abraham expressed when he believed God. That's all the nations, all the people, not only to those who are of the law. Not only to those who say, well, we have a lineage that goes back to Mount Sinai, and we're the people of the law. No, it's a faith. It's not just to you. It has nothing to do with your lineage. It's to all the seed who will believe as Abraham believed. Not only those who can chase their physical lineage back to those who first received the law, but also, it says here, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. Do you see that? All the seed are, is all the seed who are of the faith of Abraham. That is, all those who can trace their spiritual lineage back to believing in a God who keeps all of his promises to bless. That's it. I just believe God. I believe his word is true. I believe what he said to me is true. And I trust him and believe in him that moment. I receive his salvation. And here's what it says of Abraham then. Who is the father of us all? Paul is writing to Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians and he's saying he's the father of all of us. He's not the father of one group of individuals but all who claim Abraham as their father simply by placing their faith in the God who gives promises as Abraham did and believe in the salvation that God has promised us through his son Jesus Christ. All of us. That's his first response. Now here's the second one. They also claimed a distinct position or favor with God because they were of the people or nation who made it their business to keep all of the laws of God. In other words, they had their comfort in the sense that we've honed a special kind of legal moral performance that gives us a sense of promise. So that's another way in which they speak of being of the law. They're not simply of the law by natural descent, but they're of the law because from that descent, they've kept up with the family business of following and obeying the laws. This was another way in which the Jews saw the relationship to God. It was a relationship in which God will receive us because we're adherents to the things that he's teaching. And we're following them and we're studying them and we're observing them. And so Paul begins his answer to that idea in verse 13 of Romans 4. Here he says, For the promise 
that he would be the heir of the world, that is of Abraham, was not to Abraham or to his seed through the observance of the law, but through the righteousness of faith. It came through faith alone. Remember, when God spoke to Abraham and gave Abraham this promise, it was 430 years before the law even came along. And Abraham was declared righteous before he even knew what laws God wanted him to obey. If it was by the keeping of the law, then even Abraham, who you identify yourself, would not have been made righteous. You would have nullified a righteousness that comes by faith. The righteousness that began not with the people at the foot of Mount Sinai, but with Abraham, your father. So this is what his argument is. This is what he's teaching. In verse 14 he says, For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of no effect. The promise to who? Abraham. If it's by the law, and if it's only that following the law and being the people who come from the law and obey the law, then you've voided the very faith that brought righteousness to Abraham. He's not even declared righteous, and where are you then? Besides, Paul is going to go on and say, this law was given for a different purpose than you think. It was given to reveal your sinfulness. It was given to reveal to you that in your own powers and by your own efforts, you cannot live up to God's standard, but you are guilty before God. The law's effect was to bring everyone under sin and under its judgment so that everyone would have to find a right standing with God outside of the law. They would have to find a right standing of God in something God provides to them by faith alone, not by the following of the law. So what does the law do? Instead, what the law does is it reveals where you're broken and where you're sinning and where you're transgressing and you need to believe God for and trust God for. And so here's what he says in Romans 4, verses 15 and 16. Here's what the law really does. It doesn't save you. It doesn't bring you in a right standing with God. Just the opposite. The law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. There's no knowledge of your brokenness and your sinfulness. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace. We could ask the question, is the law any good then? Well, yes, it's good. It's good because it, it shows me what I can't do. I can't produce in my own self the necessary righteousness that I need to be in the presence of God. I can't live a righteous life and so win by my own effort a right standing with God. It, it shows me not only what I can't do, but it shows me what I do. The brokenness and the sinfulness of my life. The law is like an x-ray machine that, that looks through your body and it reveals to you where the breaks are that need to be healed. Now listen, it's good to have an x-ray machine and be able to see these things, but you can't heal yourself with an x-ray machine. You can't bind yourself to an x-ray machine and make you better. It'll, it'll make you worse. After you see where you're broken, you'll need something else. Something else, some other remedy will have to be provided. They had taken the law, which was to reveal like an x-ray machine their brokenness, and they thought that same law would be the basis on which they'd be made right. And it isn't. It can't be made right through the law. It can only be made right through faith in a God who would provide a righteousness for them beyond their ability to keep the law that God would provide for them. You know, I was thinking about this, how dangerous it is when you try to make something do what it's not meant to do. An x-ray machine is a good example. You know, when the x-ray machine came out, it was a wonderful thing. It was quite miraculous. People could look and see where people were sick. And, but then they got the notion that the x-ray machine could actually be, have healing virtues in itself. And so they would leave people under the x-ray machine thinking that it would heal them. And instead, it gave them cancer. And it destroyed them. And you know, one of the individuals was my father. He had a skin problem when he was a young man. And 
So it was told to him that if he got under an x-ray machine, and he was just under the x-ray machine for extended period of times, it would bring healing to his skin. And so he would be under an x-ray machine. You know how it is now. It's a flash. And the people who are giving an x-ray have lead vest over themselves to keep from being exposed. Well, he was laying underneath an x-ray machine. It was going to make him better. Later on, they figured out it can't make you better. The doctor said, well, it's not a matter of if you get cancer, it's when you get cancer. And he got it. It destroyed him at some point in time. That's what the law will do. You think the law can make you right with God and you can follow it and you expose yourself to it and you try to live under it and you think you're good and you're right with God. It, oh, it's just, it's breaking down your bones. It's destroying you. It can't make you righteous. It can't make you right with God. It only can expose your sin. That's what Paul is saying. That's what Paul is revealing. So 16b, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only of those who are of the law, but those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Again, he's getting back to that point. It's by faith alone. It's by faith alone. Here's the third problem that the Jews had. They claimed the right standing with God was because or by reason of the fact that they followed certain rites and certain ordinances, and in this case, the ordinance of circumcision. These religious expressions were to them a mark of their salvation. They became the mark that brought salvation to them. And Paul will point out to them that Abraham was declared righteous years before he was circumcised. Maybe 14 years. Some of the scribes themselves said it was probably 29 years from the time God declared that he was righteous until he was circumcised. Thanks for listening in today to The Bread of Life. Keep the missionaries of Church Partnership Evangelism in your prayers as they work in Ecuador and Cambodia and India and Indonesia and Greece and Bulgaria to release the body of Christ as his witnesses. Find out more by going to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.